Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast, where faith, family, and culture all collide with a biblical worldview. Your host for the Northfield Podcast is me, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of this broadcast today. Sit back and relax, and let's dive in together. Well, I'm excited about today's program. Uh, We have Dr. Everett Piper on today, and we talk about his new book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. And I also have my dad in on this conversation as well, and I just think it's going to be uh, something that's that you guys are going to enjoy, and it's going to be edifying. So enjoy this conversation with Dr. Everett Piper and my dad, Ed Gordon. Welcome to the Northfield Nation, Dr. Everett Piper. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad you're, you're this is the second time you've been on the show. No, third time. Holy smoke. Yeah. I third think, time. Yeah. It's the third time. Uh, don't know what we've talked about or um, why you would have me on that often, but <laughs> you're obviously hard up for guests. I, maybe. So, I don't know. Couldn't get your dad today? I, I couldn't get dad to come with me. I don't know why he won't. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, man, so you, what's been going on in your world? Well, as you know, I'm kicking around out at my postage stamp uh, piece of property out in the Osage Hills. Proving I'm not very smart, throwing money at horses. Fantastic. Yeah, you got a brand new one. Yeah, got a brand new one. <laughs> so it wasn't enough to waste money on two horses. I got three. You got three. Because one was uh, pregnant with the, I've got a two-month-old foal now. Did but you I'm know, having a blast. He's great. Did you know that she was pregnant when you bought her? Yeah, that's one of the reasons I bought her. <laughs> so. <laughs> Out of control. Out of control. <laughs> um, so I do love your ranch. It's absolutely beautiful. Gorgeous. Love it. Well, well having fun we're blessed yes amen um so i want to talk to you about you've got a new book come that, that is out not coming out it yeah. is out it was released on april 13th so what are we two weeks into it now it's titled grow up life isn't safe but it's good it's a sequel to not a daycare and it's a book of basically 20 solutions 20 life lessons on Basically, uh, challenging our culture to grow up and act like adults rather than a bunch of perpetual adolescents. Why are we? Why would you want to do that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. We're we're we are living in a in a daycare right mm-hmm. now. We're living in a world where everybody expects to get their fair share, their pound of flesh. It's about me and my mine and us versus them. All of this entitlement nonsense is really the result of the junk we've been teaching in our colleges and universities mm-hmm. for 20, 30 years. So I'm presenting some solutions to that. Awesome. So um, I, I, mean, that's, I, I literally said that the other day. Was, I, was, I was looking at, I can't remember whether it was BLM or Antifa. Somebody was doing something. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were throwing a fit. And I thought to myself, this is the kids that threw themselves down on the floor mm-hmm. in Walmart, kicking and screaming because mom didn't buy him a toy, and then mom caves and buys said toy. All this is now is that kid has yeah. grown up yeah. and is still kicking and screaming, but it's just more, they, they can do more damage. <laughs> You're right. In fact, um, as I've been out on the media tour for this release of this book, almost every host has asked me, how did we get here? And my answer is, I think there are three entities in any culture, any civilization that are responsible for inculcating the culture into their progeny, into the next generation. And those three entities would be the teacher, the preacher, and the parent. Mm. Yeah. I would argue today, the teachers have dropped the ball. Teachers haven't been teaching truth for the last 20, 30 years. They've been teaching opinions. They've been Mm. elevating feelings over facts. They've been coddling rather than confronting. 
And preachers have been drinking the Kool-Aid, by and large, uh, with, with exceptions noted in this room. But we know that a lot of preachers are out there affirming their church and their congregation rather than confronting their church and their congregation. I don't want to go to an affirmational church. I want to go to a confessional church. Amen. I don't want my, my sins coddled and affirmed. I want my sins confronted. I should be there confessing and repenting. I shouldn't be there celebrating my sin. Amen. Or talking about it or having a conversation about it. And the church today has been drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And then how's that helicopter parenting working for us? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so we've got preachers and teachers and parents who have dropped the ball. And now we have a nation of perpetual children, adolescents that are pouting and demanding their safe space. And look how look how we reacted to COVID. COVID proves it. An entire nation was brought to its knees because it desired safety over everything, everything else. else. Everything else. We just chucked it all to the wind because we wanted to be safe. Yeah. That's the attitude of a child, not an adult. You look like you want to say something. Well, oh, we've got a guest here. It, it, he came in. You're going to have to get closer, though. I just Something popped in my head, Dr. Piper, about lordship. Uh, that uh, Luke's uh, six forty six. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Right. Uh, Lord, I think of just a, a shot here that Israel was led by God into the wilderness, and and was taken from place to place to place to place. And it says in many of those instances, he says he took them there to prove them there, to prove them there. And then in Corinthians 10, it says that those things happen to them to be examples to teach us. Dr. Piper, as we think about this test that we're in as a nation, as a world, as a nation, but as, and then as individuals, how does this relate, you think, as you talk about growing up and the Lordship of Christ in your life. Well, let's look at uh, what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Rome and the church, actually the church in Corinth and the church in Ephesus. He may have said it to Rome too, but I know he said it in his letter in 1 Corinthians and his letter in Ephesians. So we've got two letters that are 2,000 years old that the Apostle Paul wrote. And in both of those letters to the church in Corinth and the church in Ephesus, what does he say? Set childish things aside and grow up. And then to the church of Ephesus, he says, teach the truth, not feelings, not opinions. <laughs> teach the truth in love. And what's love? Love is not affirmation. Love is not enablement. and Love is not tolerance. Like you guys know, when I was on the O'Reilly Factor a few years ago, I challenged Mr. O'Reilly when he got onto the tolerance kick because he was conflating it with love. And I said, Mr. O'Reilly, on your anniversary, did you send your wife an I tolerate you card? And I think I was one of the few people in the history of the factor that actually succeeded in getting Bill O'Reilly to be quiet for a second. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know what to say. But the point is, tolerance is an inferior virtue. Love is a superior virtue. Tolerance says I could care less about you, do what you want. Tolerance, excuse me, love says I care deeply about you. Stop. So... Paul answers your question, I think. Set childish things aside and grow up. Teach the truth in love, not enablement, not tolerance, in love, and grow up. So Paul calls upon the church to act like adults, to stop being too easily satisfied with milk and start to desire meat. That's what an adult does. 
An adult also recognizes that it's not all about him. He's not a narcissist. He recognizes, back to your point, the lordship of somebody else and that you have greater freedom when you live within the boundaries of God and honor his lordship rather than thinking you are God and can make it up as you go. Again, children make it up as they go. They think they're God. They think it's all about them. They, they, um, uh, your analogy, Caleb, of... um, uh, the kid uh, throwing a tantrum in the grocery store because he wants a $1 plastic toy. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it's all about me. It's all about me. Absolutely. I want my toy. I want my toy. But a good parent says no. A bad parent enables him and gets bad consequences and bad behavior as the result. Oh, absolutely. When I was um, when I was younger, I there was a pair of boots that I... <laughs> Dad's even. Dad's already because there was this pair of boots that I wanted, and Dad said, "Okay, we'll get them for you." But Christmas is just around the corner. You know, you're getting. It'll be under the tree. And yes, you know what I did? I said, "If I can't have them now, I'm putting them back." And guess what? I didn't get those boots on Christmas morning. Guess why? Or ever. Or ever. <laughs> I never got those boots. I I thought by me being this assertive brat. The dad would cave and okay, you can have them now. It's okay. But dad stood his ground and said, no, you, you can have them at this point, but I'm not getting them for you now. And had he caved, you would have continued bad behavior. Oh, absolutely. Because you would have learned that you were in control, that you were lord of your own life, and mm-hmm. your dad wasn't lord of your life. <laughs> yeah. There's a lesson here in terms absolutely. of father-son relationship. Our relationship with Christ is similar to that. We've got to recognize that we can't have everything we want now because that's the attitude of a child. We're told, what, what, Ed, where does it say... Um, the Lord disciplines those he loves. What, Hebrews 12, 6. He, there you go. Hebrews 12, 6 says the Lord disciplines Lord those loves. he loves. So I could, I think, turn it around the other way and say, if the Lord loves you, is he going to discipline you? Absolutely. Probably, right? Yes. So that, that, that example of how we grow up in life is very critical. And those are some of the lessons I cover in the book. So, yeah. Um, you look like you're going to... All right, I'm just checking. So why do you think Why do you think it is that we have gotten to the, the place um, where, where we've just thrown out all logic when it comes to having conversations with people about uh, sexuality uh, or the transgender thing or all these things? We've got these people that are just losing their minds over... over I should be able to choose... The way I feel. Who are you to tell me that I can't be a woman today, or I can't be a horse, or I can't be a what? I mean, there's literally people that are doing this. They're mm-hmm. saying this kind of stuff. Why is it? Do you think? Or why do you think that we've gotten to that point? Well, in your question, mm-hmm. the the word "I" was repeated, I think, three or four times as you asked the question. <laughs> I want to do this. I am this. Sure. I believe this. I feel this. It's about me, and you use the word me a couple times in your questions. So it's narcissism. In fact, there's a chapter in the book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. There's a chapter titled, Don't Fall in the Pool. And the lesson in that chapter is the story of Narcissus. Excuse me, Narcissus. He gazes at himself so long in the pool, he falls in love with his own image, and he slips, and he falls, and he drowns. He dies in 
a love affair with himself. And that is the story of our culture and our time right now. I mean, you've got college students that are 21 years old saying, I want this. And they pout and they prance and they preen across their college campus at Berkeley and Brown until they get it. Ben Shapiro is canceled. They got what they wanted. Dennis Prager is canceled. They got what they wanted. Charlie Kirk is canceled. They got what they wanted. They're even canceling pagans like Adam Carolla and and Bill Maher because they feel threatened. You hurt my feelings. (laughs) I feel uncomfortable. And therefore, the administration, the in local parentis, the people that should be the adults in the room are giving these kids, these 21-year-olds, what they want. And now they've graduated. They're not at Berkeley or Brown anymore. They're at Facebook and Twitter. They're at Google and Amazon. They're at Major League Baseball. And they're canceling everything that you say that offends them. They are the ones controlling culture right now. They're the ones that are at the helm of this canceled culture because we've created this nation of narcissists who simply want it to be about them. So... um... One of the things that I, I, I think of, because I look, you and I look at things like this, Dad looks at these kind of things, and we, and we have a mind, and we see these things that, that are happening, we're like, that doesn't make sense. That's crazy. That's just weird. That doesn't, it doesn't compute. But then you've got all these people that are out there, and they say, oh, this is normal. This is, you know, this is, this is the, the, the normative thing that is happening. The and new normal. The new normal. And I can't help but think of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 where it says that God sends them strong delusions because they refused the truth, because they refused to um, uh, per, you know, acknowledge and partake in the truth. God sends them strong delusions uh, and causes them to believe a lie. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the most terrifying verses of Scripture, in all of Scripture, my, in my small opinion, one of the verses that troubles me or t- causes me deep uh, concern yeah. is that thought that it's not Satan sends him strong delusion. Yeah, yeah. It's, not the, it's not the devil that sends strong delusions. It's mm. Jesus Christ. So, so yeah. God's saying, if you want to go this way, let me help you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in Romans, uh, we are given over to a reprobate mind. Yeah, you, you worship the created rather than the creator, and you're given over to a reprobate mind. Who gives us over to the reprobate mind? Is God. it God? The, God, it says God, God them gave over. them up. Yeah. Gave them over. Yeah. Let's them go. Right. So this self-worship, this it's the original sin. We've probably talked about this before on your show, Caleb. Um, what's I always used to be a little confused with the story of Adam and Eve and uh, God tells them they can do anything they want in the Garden of Eden. Well, there's only one restriction. Don't eat of the fruit of that tree over there, the tree yeah. of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, why Why did God say that? Wouldn't he want them to know good and evil? Wouldn't he want them to have the knowledge of good and evil? Well, it appears that the lesson is in the words of Satan when he comes and says, well, God knows that when you do eat of the tree, eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall become as God. And I hear him saying, you'll become God. You will become as God. You will be like God. You don't need God any longer to tell you what's good or evil, right or wrong, up or down, bitter or sweet, or even male or female. You can make it up as you, you go. You can make it up as you go. Yeah. You will become as God. Good, good point. And that's what we're doing today. And preachers, teachers, and, um, and uh, 
What's that? Parents. And parents have enabled a generation to believe this nonsense, believe that they can define their own gender, believe that they can define their own species. Like you said, we've got people out there claiming that they're horses, claiming that they're dogs, claiming that they're goats. We really do. These are true stories. The guy in Texas who claims he's a dragon, he's had his ears bobbed, his nose bobbed, he's had horns and surgically implanted on his head, and he's been scarred and tattooed to make make himself look like he's He's got got scales. scales. Yeah. And people listening right now are saying, oh, that's crazy. No. It's, well, it is crazy, it is crazy. <laughs> but it is true. It's true. This stuff is happening because we have gone so far in worshiping the created rather than the creator. 100%. Oh, man. Um, so what's the answer? I mean, it, we've, we've defined there's the problem, but what, what's the answer to, to all of this? Okay. So in not a daycare... I think I could summarize everything I want to say to anybody that wants to ask me about the book this way. I could summarize it by saying, I told you so. <laughs> right? So, I told you so. I told you what's taught today in the classroom is going to be practiced tomorrow in our culture. I said it a thousand times. Yep. In 2017, when I wrote Not a Daycare, I told Fox and Friends, I told Fox News, I told... Stuart Varney, I told Bill O'Reilly, everybody, I told you, I said, look, this stuff is, these chickens are coming home to roost. And if we continue to teach this garbage, if it's garbage in, it's going to be garbage out. We're going to have lousy ideas are going to produce a lousy culture, lousy behavior. So my point today is, I told you so. Yeah. So what we have in not a daycare was warning of the problem. What we have in grow up is the answer is in the subtitle. Life isn't safe, but it's good. C.S. Lewis tells us in the Chronicles of Narnia that the great lion Aslan isn't safe, but he's good. Amen. Well, so the Christ figure, Jesus Christ himself, Lewis tells us, isn't safe, but he's good. Well, let's paraphrase that a little bit and stretch it out. The great lion of the church isn't safe, but it's good. The great lion of the Constitution isn't safe, but it's good. The great lion of freedom isn't safe, but it's good. There are good things in life, and there are safe things in life. Mm -hmm. Christ himself is not safe. It's not a safe life to walk with Christ, but it's a good life. We should recognize the first and second things. Lewis also tells us if you put second things first, you're not going to get either the first or the second. You're going to lose it all. But if you get your priorities straight and put first things first, You'll get those, and you'll get the second things thrown into boot often as good measure. So what's the first thing in life? The first thing in life is the lordship of Christ, not the lordship of yourself. The first thing in life is not safety, but goodness. Goodness as defined by God. Good things such as, well, maybe debate is good. Maybe disagreement is good. Maybe a little cognitive dissonance is good. Maybe safety in all of these areas, whether it be academically or whether it be socially, isn't really the value of life. Maybe goodness is what we should be teaching our progeny rather than telling them to hunker down as spoiled little children and demand (laughs) they be safe. Here's a good analogy with regard to um, the safety goodness thing. Michael Ramsden is a Christian scholar. I had the privilege of studying under him for a couple weeks when my board sent me over to Oxford to study at the RZIM Center for Christian Apologetics for a few weeks. Michael Ramsden at the front end of the COVID crisis did a podcast and he tried to reassure the body of Christ. 
he was probably over in England and I watched it. It was day one, day two, day three of the COVID crisis. And he said, let's, let's, let's imagine this. Let's assume that we've invented artificial intelligence robots, AI robots, and we've programmed them that they have one function, and that is to keep human beings safe. That's all they're supposed to do, is to keep the human species safe. Yeah. Now let's assume that we did such a good job of programming these AI robots that they quickly figure out that the best way to keep the human species safe is to confine all of us 10 feet underground in a 12 foot by 12 foot cubicle with sanitized air pumped in that's purified of all viruses and contaminants and sanitized food fed to us intravenously. And we're held there in safety perpetually. They extend the average lifespan of the human race from 75 to 95 years of age because they've effectively done their job, the job they were programmed to do. We're safe. The AI robots are keeping us safe. Yeah. But Ramsden asks the obvious question. Is that what we are supposed to be? Is that what we were made to be? And I would hope all of us would answer, no, that'd be a terrible existence. But it's prison. I we've mean, allowed the government to confine <clears throat> us under house arrest for over a year now right. because we want to be safe, safe rather than recognizing the first thing of freedom and liberty. Yeah. It, we're, uh, yeah, I think of, you know, Jesus, I, I've come for freedom's sake. I mean, that's I mean, that's the whole idea of the gospel. I shall, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Not make you safe, but set, set you, you free. free. Yeah. So. so who's responsible for my safety? Is it the government? Is it, or is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Or is it me? Who's the one that protects me and takes care of me? <clears throat> well, I guess you'd have to... Uh, you, you, I would ask you to define safety. What does what does your definition from, of safety? From your pers- the safety that you've been talking about that that the government, the government. You just use the word mm-hmm. the government protect provide safety. Well, the government obviously that we live under today thinks it's their responsibility to keep us safe. They have sacrificed freedom. They don't. They Washington D.C. and unfortunately even some of our state governments. <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, Gavin Newsom in, in uh, California. What's his, no, what's his name? The serial uh, sexual harasser in New York, uh, Como. Um, these guys think it's their job to lock us down and keep us safe from a virus. A virus that we would recover from, what, 99% recovery rate if we did get sick from the virus. But nonetheless, they think they should take all of our freedoms away. Um, basically supplant the Constitution, not only of the United States, but of the local state governments, just to keep us safe. And because we, as a culture, don't even understand the first thing of freedom any longer, we let it happen. We let it happen. An entire nation was brought to its knees by a virus because we elevated safety over freedom. So who's responsible for keeping us safe? I'm not sure the main goal of human existence is to be safe. There's lots of stuff that we do on a daily basis that isn't safe. Ride with him. <laughs> you came out. Why'd you come? Yeah, get on my horse. That's not safe, but it's fun. You want to help? You want to help after we're done here? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, yeah. It, 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 I mean, I, I, I mean, when I, I remember March of 2020, I, I said, I could, 
I could be on my way to my kitchen, slip and fall and bust my head on the side of the counter and die getting a cup of coffee. But, I mean, I'm still going to go do it. I, this idea of, of safety over, over freedom is just insane. And we've got many dictators mm-hmm. that are trying to push that out. Our founding fathers and the Declaration of Independence declared where our, where our liberties come from. Right? Right. They're endowed to us by our Creator. Endowed, we are endowed with unalienable rights. Right. And and these unalienable rights are gifted to us from God Himself, not government. Exactly. Government doesn't have the right to give them to us and certainly doesn't have the right to take them away from us. And we were endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I don't hear anything about safety in there. I really don't. No, you don't. And and I'm not diminishing. You know, everybody. I mean, you want when you raised your kids, you want you didn't want them being stupid. You wanted them to stay out of the middle of the highway, so because you knew it was dangerous if they went out and played in the road. So there is there is an element of safety that we should all appreciate. But I'm not convinced that it's a priority over and above other more important things such as human freedom. Yeah. God could have made us robots. He could have made us automatons. We would have been safe from hell. We wouldn't have to worry about it if he would have created us to just be, you know, obedient little um, puppets. But he chose to give us the dignity of human freedom. Dr. Piper, talk about you. you talk about the word in the context of our discussion, uh, liberty. Talk about there, there's freedom and then there's liberty and can you contrast the two of those words? Hmm. Hmm. Would you? Do you think they're different? I do. Tell me how. L- liberty implies responsibility. That is, I'm at liberty to operate and function in a certain way hmm. if I abide by certain principles. And we are people that are governed, I think, by principles. So freedom... I don't think freedom implies the responsibility hmm. that we ought to have. Uh, I'm at liberty. Why am I at liberty? Because I, I, I follow certain laws. Uh, right. It's like flying an airplane. You know, there are certain laws that govern uh, how an airplane works, and as long as you abide within the context of that, you have liberty. Same with our relationship with God Himself. What is it about God that gives me liberty? I'm well, just asking. Well, um, one of the things I probably shared with you guys before, I, I love the quote of G.K. Chesterton when he says, when you get rid of the big laws of God, you don't get liberty. You get thousands and thousands of little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum. It's in that book. Um, <laughs> now, that's a paraphrase. That's the Piper paraphrase of Chesterton. But it's, it's, it's so true. We refuse to live by ten laws. And Jesus summarized them in two. So we only had 10 or two, however you want to look at it. We won't do that. We refuse to live by those laws, and therefore we don't get liberty. We're confined by the government down to the point where they're telling us how to use the bathroom, what pronouns we can use and not use. And now they're telling us what kind of mask we have to wear, how many masks we have to wear, when we can go buy groceries, when we can't buy groceries. I mean, this is because we refuse to honor God's way in our life, and therefore we don't have liberty as the result of it. Nailed it. Uh, Nailed it. You gripped my heart. (laughs) Seriously. Amen.
Yeah. He's going to cry, I think. I don't know. Well, I am a Baptist well, now, so it's about time it's, I gripped your heart. But it is. <laughs> what is Everybody be Baptist that hadn't been messed with. <laughs> uh, but, but, but no, what you said just punctured my heart, brother. Oh, that's good. Oh, my gosh. So let me ask. If, if we're coming down to the wire here on time, if somebody wants to get a hold, how do they, how do they find your book? How do they order it? Um, you can get it at any bookstore. You can get it at Barnes and Noble, or you can get it at Target. You can order it on, on Amazon. In fact, I know we're all mad at Amazon. I'm mad at Amazon. I don't like what they've been doing to us. But yeah. if you ask me where I'd prefer you get the book, I'd say order it on Amazon because then it shows up in their best rankings and it bumps it up if you go out and buy a few of them from Amazon.com. Just Google it. It's titled Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, but it's good. So if you just Google Everett Piper, comma, grow up, it'll show up there. It was ranked uh, during its first two weeks as the number one new release in its category. And uh, it's still out there chugging along. Um, I think I'm going on Steve Bannon's show oh, this nice. week. Nice. And that'll bump it up big time no uh, once I go on his show. So uh, I'm not quite to Steve Bannon's level, but... Uh... Well, this will this <laughs> get local. Th- this th- this will bump it up more than Steve Bannon. And, you know, who, who is that guy? Who right, is he? right. So. Well, Brother Piper, will you dismiss us in prayer as we finish out? Heavenly Father, thanks for the chance to just enjoy fellowship within the body of Christ. Help us to understand that uh, the paradox of liberty and law and freedom and fences and that if we would just humble ourselves before you, we'd have more freedom than the human race has ever enjoyed in the history of man. It's just by recognizing that we're endowed by you with certain unalienable rights and responsibilities. And if we'd live within those rights and responsibilities, we would enjoy the good things in life and we wouldn't be too easily satisfied with the second things like safety. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys need to check out my friends at Outpost Coffee. They have an incredible caffeinated beverage that will not let you down. The warmer weather is here with spring. Go get yourself a cold false trail or a warm vanilla latte. Like, you can't beat it. I mean, if you don't like the fancy stuff, just grab yourself a house drip. You can't beat it. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. That's outpostcoffeeco.com.